What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pivot Podcast, episode four. I'm your host, Jack Bizon. On this episode, we have my good friend, Cynthia Ponce. Cynthia is a family law attorney here in California, a health enthusiast, caring individual, and an overall good person. On this episode, we dive into Cynthia's background, the reason she pivoted from her dream job to the legal field, and the struggles she had in law school, and finding her purpose as a successful family law attorney. So sit back and enjoy this wonderful episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Pivot Podcast, episode four. I have a dear friend of mine on this show here today. Her name is Cynthia Ponce. She's a family law attorney. She's an avid hiker. She's a health enthusiast. She is an independent woman. So welcome to the podcast, Cynthia. Hi, Jack. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. How's, the, uh, how's life treating you during this pandemic? It's been fine. I've been working from home but coming into the office once in a while. Now, how, how is that transition from working from the office, now working from home? I know that you're a family law attorney, so has that changed or still been the same? It's been going differently in stages. The first stage was kind of slow work-wise, and you're trying to wrap your head around what's going on in the world and constantly watching the news. The next stage was, okay, I have to start getting back into work mode, working, you know, long hours again and coming into the office more often. And I mean, that's understandable with everything going on, that transition from kind of looking at the world and seeing what's going on every day and every minute to actually going back to what is somewhat normal. I could see that happening. You know, I really wanted to bring you on the podcast because your story is very unique. I think your ability to go to law school and go during part-time law school student and working during the day, I think for a lot of people out there who are trying to, you know, see what other options that they have and see what they can do, let's say even during this pandemic, I think is very vital. And the fact that you went to law school is one thing. So with all my guests, I kind of want to just see how your start from going to law school, how that happened. Did you always want to be a lawyer? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) So growing up, you know, I think if you look at a sixth grade paper of mine, I had bigger dreams, right? Oh, I want to be president of the United States. And then slowly it was like, no, I want to be senator. No, I want to do local politics. And then I never even went the political route. Uh, I went to college for, I got my bachelor's degree in political science with a minor in international relations. In college, I decided I want to work for the the U.S. Department of State. Um, I wanted to work in a consular office abroad, and I said I want to travel the world for the rest of my life. That did not happen. I don't want to cut you off there, but you know, how did that kind of start? So my parents are immigrants from El Salvador, and they came to the United States in the 80s. You know, they support me in whatever I wanted to do. There's a big emphasis on education. Um, If you want to get ahead in this country, Uh, make sure you do well in school and that's how you will get ahead. They weren't pushing me a certain way. They just said, do well in school. My reaction to that is I read a lot as a child, you know, a lot of fiction. And I just really like those characters that are at front and center and making changes happen. And I thought, 
who makes the big changes here? You know, I'm in elementary, middle school, and it's always the political figures. That's, that's what I came to realize as a younger person. So that's what encouraged me to do that. It was seeing, you know, characters in books. And uh, that's what I aspired to do. But then slowly that changed. A lot of people's dreams do as they grow older. <laughs> do you ever still think about position in politics or is that dream postponed until further notice? I'd say postponed until further <laughs> notice. I, I like having a bigger impact on, you know, someone's personal life. I've now realized the impact I thought these people have on people's lives is a little bit smaller than the impact you could have on your neighbor as a non-public official. Growing up and thinking about, you know, politics and going to undergrad and actually getting your political science degree. Walk me through finishing, uh, you know, your undergraduate degree and your thought process on job prospects and what you thought you were going to do at that point in time. So during college, I worked part-time, you know, I worked retail store and I worked at amusement parks. And so, you know, slowly it, it's like you start just living life. I'm, I started work, I was working part-time the whole time in college and- Was there a reason for that? Yeah, I don't want my parents to pay for everything, you know? That's understandable, but is it, you know, some people don't do that. Some people, you know, have the thought process of just going to, to school, right? I mean, was it in your mind you had to help out your parents or was it just, spare cash, you know, as a college student, like everyone else? To me, it was, how can I make the financial burden of myself living at home with my parents, you know, throughout undergrad easier? And so I didn't want my parents to pay for a car for me. I'm not sure if they could. So I needed that money. How to insure it? I needed the money how to get a cell phone. I needed that money. So of course I worked the whole time. I, I never wanted to be a financial burden on my parents. So they didn't pay for anything of mine after I turned 18, except, you know, I lived under their roof. So of course they paid for my food and, you know, whatever was in the house, but I completely paid for myself. So you started working at, you know, these typical college jobs, right? Mm -hmm. So going through that, going to school, right? thought process change of, you know what, maybe politics is not the route I want to go to, or you started seeing what was out there? So the way I saw it was, wow, these politicians are really under scrutiny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what have I done in my life? What could be uncovered <laughs> in my MySpace, you know? Um, Which is very true. I mean, no, a lot of people true. get every, any, anything they can. So exactly. I mean, you see that now. And I, you know, I studied abroad in college and when I studied abroad, I was like, wow, this is great. I'd love to go out of the country and work. And that's what inspired me to, you know, go the international relations route and looking into how do I work for the Department of State. I even got to the point of taking their foreign service officer test, but by less than one point, I didn't get to the next state. Oh. So, um, you know, so if you passed that, then you probably would have a different trajectory would have occurred. Yes. Had I gotten the one point more, I would have gotten to the next stage of becoming a foreign service officer and living that dream. But at that time, I was working at a family law firm as a file clerk, was going to take that test a second time, but then realized I actually really liked family law. And how did you start realizing that? Really 
interested in learning about the way people live, you know, in my 20s. And it's the first time I'm exposed to mortgages and financial accounts and how people decide how to split their assets. And it was just very interesting to me. It was a new world because I was never in those conversations with my parents who did own a house and who did have financial accounts. I was just never part of that conversation. But this time I was part of the conversation with strangers. And you know, the the crazy thing is when you're in college, no one really teaches you about mortgages, your 401k or anything like that. So actually seeing that probably while you're in college and seeing how the world actually really works, you know, helped you out on that. You were a file clerk at a family law firm while you were in college. And then you finish up your undergraduate. So after getting your good old diploma in political science, I was in political science, so I know the feeling. Walk me through what your thought process was right after getting your diploma. What was kind of your plan? You know, like many people, I didn't have a plan when I graduated from college. I was a part-time file clerk and one of the legal assistants in the office, you know, full-time legal assistants in the office, decided she wanted to be a stay-at-home mother. So a position opened up. The attorneys had seen my work. They decided, hey, Cynthia's smart. She can handle this position. And they offered it to me, a full-time legal assistant job. I said, this is great. It could hold me over while I try to take this uh, foreign service officer test again. And I'll be fine. And I'll have a full-time job at least until I can get the job of my dreams. And so I started working there full-time. And then I realized, you know what? I think I could do the lawyer's job. (laughs) How did you start thinking about, I mean, that's still legal assistant to being a lawyer, you know, for the most part. It didn't feel like a big jump because it gets to a point where the attorney started really trusting my work and you see less revisions being done to the work you're doing. And at one point it's just like, I'm doing your job for you. You know, I'm not, I'm not there giving advice to the clients and I'm not there going to court, but it just seemed like, okay, I'm reading transcripts from the hearings. I'm talking to the clients frequently. The next step from this is being a lawyer. And it just seemed like I can do that. And this goes in line with the way I was raised where my parents said, you can do whatever you want. So that kind of confidence in in your abilities started growing, I guess, you know, while having the experience. I mean, I work as a lawyer as well. And I understand what you're talking about. The minute you start seeing your abilities grow and seeing how you're doing, for the most part, you start to have that confidence and believe that, you know what, if, if he or she can do it, then I can do it. So how long were you working at a family law firm? So I worked there. So I started working there part-time in my last year of college. Then I worked there full-time for about a year and a half before I applied to law school. And when I applied to law school, I knew that I wanted to maintain my full-time job and go to part part-time law school. Before you applied to law school, did anyone tell you this may be a bad decision? or had any doubts about your ability to go there? If they did, I don't remember it because those are statements that don't impact my decision. (laughs) Um, I mean, I could tell you a really quick, short story about high school. In high school, I was going to apply, I think I wanted to apply to San Diego State University. And a college counselor who is supposed to be encouraging said, well, maybe that's not the way for you. Maybe you should go to community college and see if college is right for you. And that did impact, no, it impacted my thought process about college and and thinking maybe 
I'm not good enough for college. So I took a year off after high school. Oh, really? I did. Yeah. So I'm, I, I started everything at my own pace. And then once I was in college, I was like, wait, college is for me. This, this is where I should be. I, I like being here. I fit in. And then I realized at that point, I shouldn't let someone's discouraging statement affect what I want to do. Just go for it and do it and you'll be fine. And, you know, based on our friendship, that's kind of how I've always seen you. I mean, you always have that. I'm going to go leap forward before kind of sometimes thinking about your decision, but it's pushing forward, right? With, I don't care what that other person is saying. I'm just going to go for it. It is kind of, it's crazy to hear that you had that turning point in your life. So you applied to law school, you applied to good old Southwestern with the the thought process of keeping a full-time job, right? Uh, when we went to law school, we were both part of the part-time evening program. And there were a lot of people who were not either, they were not even working, you know, they were just in the evening program. They had kids or it was best for their family. So kind of go through how law school was. I know Southwestern was it's four years as an evening program rather than three. The good thing was that the law firm I worked at was very supportive. They, they knew at that point I had to leave at five. No, I cannot stay after five. I have to leave. I was working in West LA and I had to drive all the way to Koreatown. And that's a long drive if you're in LA and there's tons of traffic. Especially at, leaving at five. Exactly. It's like rush hour time. Exactly. So they were very supportive. They never said, hey, can you just stay and do this after five? Absolutely not. They said, you have to go to class. Goodbye. Uh, we could figure this out later, which was fantastic because I did not have to worry about that. Going to school, starting class at 6 p.m. and going till 9 p.m. That was, that was tough because that was after a full work day. I, you know, I was working from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day, driving for about an hour, got to school, rushed into class, and then prep time for the class would have to be the night before because I just didn't have prep time during the daytime the same day the class took place. That was really difficult, um, but I got into the groove of things after about a year. <laughs> Which is probably why they gave us the four years instead of three. It's a really hard adjustment. And while I was in law school, I didn't realize how difficult it was. But then once I finished it, I was like, how did I even do that? And, and it goes back to what I said earlier, you know, you just push through it. You don't listen to the distractions on the side. You just push through it. Yeah, people are going to say, hey, that's really hard. Maybe you should slow down on your full-time job. But no, I mean, the full-time job complemented my work in, in school. You know, some of the topics we would talk about, like civil procedure, I learned a lot about that while I was working as a legal assistant. So it was way easier to understand some school concepts. When you were in law school, did you ever have any, not doubts, but did you ever think that maybe this isn't for me? Yes. I, I don't know if you even know this, but after my first semester, I was on academic probation. It was really tough for me the first semester because I was adjusting to a new, a new routine. Um, the second semester, I did better. You know, they were still watching me um, academically. I went for a summer course and was able to really hone in on this is how I should approach school while I'm still going to work. And from there, it was easy to take off 
But yeah, I had doubts. I mean, I had a letter from the school that said, hey, you better get your grades up. After the first semester getting in academic probation, did that change how you approached it? And did you change like your reading style? Did you change your like study habits? Did you sleep less, sleep more? It's gradual. The adaptation to attending school and working full time is, is very gradual. I also had a break between college and law school. So it was also getting back into academics. I realized then that the school had a lot of offices that can support you and help you and tell you, hey, this might work better for your learning style. So asking for help. Asking for help. I know, that's tough. Throughout our friendship, I've seen that it seems like you're a very strong-willed, independent person. And it seems like asking for help is probably not the last thing you want to do, but let's say second to the last thing you would like to do. Is that kind of how you are? So I'm very curious. What I've found is because I'm very curious, I like to try to find out the answer on my own. After that first semester of law school and realizing I didn't have the answer on my own, I realized it's time to accept that there's people out there who are willing to help me. All I have to do is ask. Yes, I I am still very curious. Yes, I still try to find the answer on my own, but it doesn't take me a longer time to ask for help. If I need help, I will ask for it. To everyone out there, you can always adapt in life. Before we kind of move forward from graduating from law school and to, to what you're doing now, I do kind of want to talk about while you were in law school, like what we were talking about before, when you started law school, it's not that you had any health issues, but you weighed a little bit more than you are today. It's okay. I was overweight. But, you know, towards the end of law school, you started making changes. And to me, when people talk about like the podcast and I talk about pivoting, I think it talks about all aspects of life. So it's not only just your career, but it's just the decisions you make every day and how that can help you in the future. So I don't want to go too much in depth about it, but you could talk about just how for anyone out there that's kind of struggling with weight issues, what would you say? So when I met you, I was overweight. I have never felt, I had not felt that it was a problem. I, you know, had many friends. I wasn't made fun of for being overweight. I, I, you know me, I'm very confident. And then I met you and you said, hey, join me on the workout. And I said, okay, but it was just, hey, I'm making a friend here. There wasn't any goal for me. I I wasn't intentionally trying to lose weight because I I had my annual physicals with the doctor and Mm -hmm. Nothing was ever said about, hey, your blood work is bad or you have some health issue. It was always just like, hey, you're overweight. You should watch it. You should maybe exercise and diet. And so I was really exercising with you because it was, hey, friendship. I'm new in the law school. This is going to be great. And then I started dropping weight and I said, wait a minute. This works. Exercise works. And Um, did you ever do that before? So I had worked out in the past, but workouts were really like walks, you know, long walks with my dog, hikes, but there was not anything changing. And I think it's because of my diet. My diet wasn't changing. When I was working out with you, you suggested, hey, why don't you eat this instead of that? Maybe you should check into my fitness pal app. (laughs) Shout out to my fitness pal app. Still using it to this day. So do I. And it, it worked. So what is what would I say to someone who is overweight and is struggling? It works. 
track what you eat, do your workout, don't give up. You'll see changes if you are actually tracking what you eat and sticking to your workout. You know, you said you didn't really have a goal in the beginning, but when you started losing some weight gradually, did you have that confidence to say, hey, you know what, maybe I can lose five pounds or maybe I could fit into this dress? Or did you start creating goals because of the progress you saw? Yes, it was motivating. I think after I saw the first 12 pound drop, I said, wait a minute, I'm getting somewhere. Maybe I should aim for something. I mean, I'll I'll be frank, I weighed over 215 pounds when I met you. When I got to maybe 200, I realized, hey, this is working. I could keep going. And I made it a routine to work out at night after class. This is cutting into the study time, right? Because nighttime was my study time. And I started really watching what I ate. I started swapping foods. And at one point I said, my goal is 160. And then I got to 160. And I've been there ever since. (laughs) And I mean, I, I, you know, I actually had a goal to go to 150 at one point Yeah. Um, because I plateaued at 160 as well. And I got to 150 during bar prep. I think I did it healthily because I was doing, you know, 10 squats for every wrong answer I got. <laughs> you know, you got to use motivation to get you where you have to go. Exactly. So, uh, you know, the bar prep helped me lose weight. My exercise also helped me with my bar prep because I didn't want to do those 10 more squats. So I wanted (laughs) to get my answer correct. So so just going through our conversation and seeing how as a child, the influence from your parents of just giving you the freedom to make your own decisions without so much pressure. Then having that turning point in your life where you had someone say, you know what, maybe, you know, San Diego State's not for you and actually using it as a way to kind of push forward to your undergraduate degree and focusing on politics and then kind of changing as you started seeing how the work and family law could, something that you could do and being confident about it to actually going to law school, working full-time, adapting. I even changed jobs full-time. Yeah, right, uh, I remember that. During uh, law school. And then working as an attorney now, you have history as a family law attorney. Tell me what's the thought process of going into a family law firm? And I guess before that, tell me where you work, what you do. So I am an associate attorney at Walzer Melcher in Woodland Hills. And our clientele is specifically high net worth individuals, and we assist them with, you know, getting divorced or getting premarital agreements, any family law issues. And it's one of the top family law firms in California, and I'm so honored to be here. I'm learning a lot, and I'm really happy of, I'm proud of where I'm at. So the way I chose to go into family law was, as you know, I worked as a legal assistant in family law before I went to law school, and that motivated me to go to law school. In law school, I said, I always had this wild dream about music. Music gets me really excited. And and so I decided, hey, if I'm going to experiment, now's the time. So I ended up working at uh, one of the major record labels in the world. Uh, Warner Music Group as a coordinator for the business and legal affairs team. And I was so excited to go in and I had fun. And it was tough because I took a financial hit because I was going to be earning less. Um, But I thought to myself like, whoa, it would be awesome to be a music attorney. And this is so cool. Now's the time to experiment. 
and I went into working at a record label and I liked it. I liked the people I worked with. The environment was great, but the actual legal work wasn't as exciting to me as family law was. What was not the exciting part of it? I really enjoyed talking to clients, you know, working at a label. The label is your client. If you're an attorney there, it's, it's a completely different environment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I liked the personal one-on-ones with clients when I was in family law and continue to love to do that. I like talking to people, but you don't get that at a record label. What do you get? What do you get? I mean, there was a lot of good stuff I learned about contracts. (laughs) It's all (laughs) transactional. Once you have a client that you could see in person, then you could put a name to them and actually have. Yeah, you have a face. There's a face and there's, you know, you actually know the impact you make on a person's life opposed to the impact you can make on a corporation's life. <laughs> and how, so how long were you at Warner's for? I was there, I think, for about two years. Well, that's still a long time. It's know, still a long part. time, yes. So kind of go through moving from Warner's to, to another firm. How was, how was that transition? You took a pay cut for two years. I'm sure economically, that's probably not, you know, that wasn't the best in your interest, but it was a good way for you to pursue what you wanted at that time. So tell me, yeah, walk me through that whole process. It was great to learn more and to see what transactional work was. I I haven't said this yet, but the first attorney I've ever met was an attorney I met at the courthouse as an intern in college. So I have, you know, I went, I would say 19 years without ever meeting an attorney. I had no idea transactional attorneys existed. That was a brand new thing to me. You know, I, I, the attorneys I knew were the ones I saw on television, right? The ones that would go to court every day, right? (laughs) The ones that would go to court. Yeah. Though, you know, I worked at a family law firm and the attorneys I worked for there, they went to court all the time. So it was really new to see transactional work. I knew that that's what it would be when I'd get into the record label. And you know, it wasn't as exciting. That's all I'm gonna leave it at. I did have fun. I enjoyed the friendships I made. I do cherish the skills I gained there. It just writing. wasn't for you, right? It just, it just wasn't for me. In the legal field, sometimes it's difficult to go from transactional back to litigation. And for everyone out there, we just talked about transactional and litigation. So sometimes it is difficult to move to that new step, right? So how did you get to going back to litigation for the most part? So I like having deadlines and it's easier for me to operate with a goal in mind. And I didn't feel like I would have that if I was an attorney in a transactional world because deadlines are, they move. They it's will not as fast paced, huh? Yeah. It wasn't that difficult for me to transition back to family law because I had done it for a while at the family law firm as a legal assistant. I recognized the forms we use. I remembered all the deadlines. It was very easy for me to go back. I don't know if it would be that easy had I never done any family law before I came to a family law firm to work as an attorney. Working as a legal assistant at a family law firm kind of gave you the background and the experience to, once you pivoted from from the transactional job to the new family law firm, you kind of knew what was going on and that kind of helped you, right? It helped a lot because I it, it's it's like any type of work you do, when you move from one field to another, there are new terms you have to learn, right? I'm not going to know certain terms in engineering, right? It would take some time to learn them, but once you know them, it's easy to go back. So 
for me, I already knew the family law terms. I knew what certain things meant. So going back to family law was just very easy for me. And how long have you been working at this family law firm for? So I've been here for two years. It's the first law firm I have ever worked at as an attorney. I really enjoy it. I hope to be here a long time. Just trying to wrap this up. Where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I'd still like to be here. I would like to be seen as someone who is at rising to the top of the family law practice area. So for people out there who are thinking about going to law school, what do you tell them? I would say, try it out first. I, I had the opportunity to try it out and I'm so glad I did because I knew what I was getting into. There's a lot of people who grow up saying, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a lawyer. They go through law school and then realize, I don't wanna be a lawyer. Or you know, they, they pass the bar exam, they get to a law firm and they're like, this is not for me because it's their first time being exposed to it. So go to a law firm, work there, see if you like that environment before you decide to go to law school. You know, any advice you can give someone that's been thinking about just making a transition from their, let's say, full-time job to going to school, what can you, what insight can you give them? If you really want it, you'll get it done. So just go for it. Don't listen to the distractions and you'll succeed. And another one is, you know, we talked about earlier, but Let's say someone is having a hard time during this quarantine uh, period and during the pandemic, struggling to lose weight. What kind of advice can you give them? This is actually something I struggled with during quarantine because gyms were closed. They just opened up this week. Yeah, it's true. But it's still a scary time if you want to go back to the gym. I would say there's a lot of resources online. You can find out, you could find a workout that works for you, stick to your plan, develop a routine, and you'll see some results. So Cynthia, I wanted to thank you for coming in. Your story is very unique. It's helped, it's helped me understand how it's important to focus on your goals, eliminate the distractions, and be confident with yourself no matter what. And I think for anyone out there who really wants to just dive in and start a new field or go into law school, I mean, you're a good inspiration for them. So I want to say thank you for coming in today. Thank you for having me, Jack. For everyone out there, thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast.